Hello, everyone, and welcome to another live webinar brought to you by India Sourcing Trip. Today, I'm so excited to have two gentlemen with me over here, Dan Ashburn and Leiden Smithers. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey, Megla. Good, thank you. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So thanks a lot for joining me today. Um, we're going to be talking about a very important topic that is very relevant nowadays, of course, you know, how to optimize your Amazon business, given the very uncertain environment and, you know, the unprecedented circumstances really globally. So before we get into the topics, um, why don't you guys introduce yourself? Um, yeah, thanks, Megala. So guys, my name is Dan Ashburn. Lovely to meet you. Um, thanks for having me here today. I started selling on Amazon in around 2014. Um, I was running a digital marketing agency at the time. So I've been online around sort of 10 years or so um, doing internet-based e-commerce. Before the days of Facebook ads, it was all like Google SEO, PPC, and hard-coded websites um, before Shopify and ClickFunnels came out. Um, so I've been online quite a while, um, had a very sort of a, a moderate level of success, came across Amazon in 2014. Um, got some early success with it. And then because of my skill set and I had a, an agency team behind me at the time, um, very quickly started helping other people with their brands as well. Um, that's when Lydon joined me and uh, Lydon's my business partner, counterpart. And we started helping people run their brands as well as obviously running our own brands. Around, um, I then um, met Athena Severi and got involved with China Magic. And I've delivered, I think it's six China Magics now. Um, <laughs> Which, is, which has been a fun ride. Obviously, everything's on pause there right now um, until this craziness passes. But yeah, uh, organized and run sort of six China Magics. Um, out of the back of China Magic, then created Titan Network, which is a mastermind for advanced Amazon sellers. And as well as that, more recently, I'm the co-creator of Amazing Selling Machine with Amazing.com. Um, so yeah, so it's been a bit of a, a wild ride. Um, Lyde and I currently, and our team currently manage and deliver eight figures in sales on Amazon per year. Awesome. So that's cool. kind of been the, the journey and the build up to it all. Very exciting. Leiden, how about you? Yeah, so my name is Leiden Smithers. Um, some of this intro is going to overlap what Dan says uh, because obviously we're business partners, but I uh, was born in the UK, moved to Tenerife, which is in the Canary Islands, uh, about age seven. Uh, this is actually where I met Dan when we were a little bit older. Uh, but I left school at 17, became a real estate agent. Um, and then from there, did that for two or three years, but didn't enjoy it. Went on to run a construction company, family construction company with 30 plus employees. Um, 2015, moved back to the UK, called Dan up and said, what are you doing? I bought a house and I need to pay the mortgage. He's like, come look at this Amazon stuff. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, so now Dan and I have Ignite Brands where we're, we're, we're managing um, 17 accounts across multiple marketplaces, some of our own brands and some joint venture deals. Um, and then I'm a mentor at China Magic alongside Dan and, and also a leader at, at Titan Network too. Awesome. Cool. Um, so there's some people watching here. Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Terry. Baptiste. Baptiste is saying, looking fresh, lads. <laughs> hey, Baptiste. Awesome. Okay, so guys, first of all, um, you know, what has been the impact of uh, coronavirus on your own brands? I know that, you know, some products are, of course, selling really well nowadays, and some sellers are seeing a lot of success, but other products are not selling at all. So, you know, how are your brands currently being affected? Dan, do you want to go first? Yeah. So, um, look, I mean, we're, every day it's changing. And I think as this crazy world that we're in right now normalizes, the trends are changing and consumers shopping and uh, 
sort of buying behaviors changing. Um, I think we all saw that initial surge of panic buying. Um, and now we're definitely starting to see sort of that surge flatten a little bit across certain categories. Those categories where um, you can maybe source that product externally from Amazon on a website with shorter shipping times, for instance, we'll definitely see um, sales are, are down across the categories. But then for the most part, people, um, sh shoppers just seem to be accepting this this is the world we're in right now. Everyone's in the same boat. We have to wait for these delivery times. Um, and a lot of our categories that we're, we're in are doing okay. Like some of them have, have spiked, come out and run out of stock. Others have sort of normalized and then others are definitely down. Like, do you want to talk specifically like category by category? Slide's got the handle on the sort of day-to-day -day data um, of sort of what we're seeing in our products. Yeah, so we're involved in a lot of categories, um, as we say. And um, so from a wider point of view, we're seeing some, we're involved in a travel brand, for example. And as you can imagine, sales are down on that, uh, down on that quite a lot. Um, but we know once those airports reopen and, and we're allowed to sort of get about a bit, it's going to go through the roof. Um, so we're just sort of normalizing that and making sure it's still profitable while that happens. Um, we've got, we're involved in uh, quite a, a big yoga brand as well. And what we're seeing is people are in the house um, and they're wanting to use uh, use their time for yoga, looking after themselves a little bit better and, and doing that type of thing. There's obviously a lot of boredom involved there as well. So we saw the, a spike in that and, and sales on that are doing are doing quite well soon. There's a, there's a certain amount of luck involved as well, um, which we're seeing. And this is product by product. And what we do is every single, what we have been doing over the last couple of weeks is every day we're tracking to see when delivery dates are showing so I know that most people have seen some products have got a longer delivery date and some have stayed exactly the same depending on whether they're essential or not um, but regardless of the essential non-essential stuff we're seeing that um, it's all a little bit to do with luck and we believe it to be like geolocation what um, and I've been we've been to FBA warehouse and, and taken a look around and understand that some warehouses will be able to hold supplements in them for example which will be considered essential and some can hold pantry and some can't hold any of that stuff and that's where you might get lucky that you're not getting pushed to the back of the queue because there isn't any essential items in there and everything's running smoothly or if you're in your if you're being held in a warehouse that is close to a place with high demand um for the essential items for example an affected area then you might see some of that but every day we're seeing things change and just sort of reacting to that um so there's a certain amount of luck on where your stuff's being held how sales are being affected but overall um, it just depends on it depends on the category and the type of product you've got. And there's a there's a very specific point there, Megla, around sort of the confidence in knowing where we're at. Uh, we're a big believer in something we advocate for in Titan all the time is tracking the data daily. Um, some people track weekly, some people track every couple of weeks. Um, but my viewpoint on this is if you're tracking that data daily, you have a pulse on that business 365 times a year. Whereas if you're only tracking weekly, you're only got a pulse on it 52 times a year, which means that if I'm tracking daily and you're tracking weekly, I can pivot, I can react, I can make tweaks and changes four or five times more than you will tracking weekly. Uh, I think now more than ever, being able to react to the data and using the data to inform the decisions for PPC optimization that we'll get into in a second, listing optimization, re repositioning your listing copy based on the current use cases. You can't do any of that stuff without tracking daily. So we're, we're tracking all, all ASINs daily. Um, we can give an example of what that looks like. We're tracking delivery times. We're finding that a lot, across a lot of the products, even though it's saying a two-week delivery time, 
prime orders are still being fulfilled 30, 40% of the time. And it, they seem to be doing it based on a sort of availability of, of manpower in the within that specific fulfillment order. But I think the fulfillment center, sorry, but I think the, the specific point here is that right now, the smartest thing you can be doing to th think accurately about the current situation is tracking that data daily and then making informed decisions versus like reactive panic driven decisions. Right, I think that totally makes sense. I think another concern that another question that people really have is product research. Yeah. You know, now is the right time to do product research for Christmas and people mm -hmm. are starting to think about, okay, what, what products should we source for, for Christmas and, and, you know, design their, um, start sourcing their products and start talking to suppliers. But a lot of uh, people are having trouble with product research yeah. because, of course, all the data is kind of skewed. So how do you think people should approach product research during this time? So I think the, we, we've been getting this question a lot. Um, and I think, the, the accurate answer is it very much depends on what period you're looking to source for. Now, we know right now that all the all the, the typical trends are skewed or the data is skewed um, because of the way in which the non-essential items are being delayed and essential items are being prioritized. It's completely flipped categories upside down. But I actually see this as a huge opportunity right now as it's leveled the playing field on a lot of the big categories where demand is up, a lot of the sporting um, type products, a lot of your home and kitchen products that had serious volume before and these huge sellers were sort of sat there really comfortable, thousands of reviews. Um, because of this impact on conversion and the delay in shipping, um, it's definitely leveled that playing field right, uh, right now. And I do see an opportunity in the market right now for product selection. Now, where the challenge lies is being able to validate and predict what's going to happen three months from now, six months from now. We can use historical data and that's what we're kind of doing. We're using like uh, data out of Keeper, for instance, looking at the last 180 days and then applying some common sense logic to that to say, is this product a product that people will spend money on during a recession in an economic downturn? Um, is this a necessity or not? Is it an everyday product or would it be considered a luxury? And as obviously the, econ the economy starts to come down, yes, I know people are sort of talking about this V-shaped recovery, but um, we have to make decisions based on the data we have right now. Is this a product that we see working six months from now, 12 months from now? Now, as we push forward towards Christmas, um, touch words, we're, we're through the worst of this and we're back to sort of normal, somewhat normal life. Shipping times are back to normal prime delivery. Um, freight's not so ex as expensive as it is right now. Um, I don't think much is going to change in terms of what products sell well at Christmas. We know that your big categories um, have a, what, a one and a half, two X lift minimum at Christmas. I think what's going to happen is there's going to just be more shopping. So right now, two things are happening. You've got a concept of pent up demand. So we want to be buying this stuff, but we can't. We was going on holiday this summer. Now we're not. So that creates a lot more sort of spare cash in the, in the family or the, the household. Yes, that we're probably going to be more conservative towards that spending. But as soon as airports open back up and travel starts kicking back in, what do you think is going to happen in the in the travel category? It's, it's going to spike because all that pent up demand has been sort of festering and ready to um, to order. And right now, people... And Lyle, I'll let you talk to this a bit more, but people who maybe didn't prioritize Amazon as their shopping channel before, maybe they preferred going down the Lyco High Street, that confidence in retail shopping is going to take some time to recover. So I actually seeing there being a, an increase in shopping activity this, this Q4, this Christmas, higher than we've ever seen before. But I don't think the products will change too much. 
um, because we know what it's like that that halo effect of Christmas kicks in, and the products that sell well at Christmas are going to be the products that sell well at Christmas. Um, what will I think what will determine the prioritization of those opportunities is what shipping looks like, what the opportunity, how quickly can I get my hands on that? We may even see that people start shopping a bit earlier to account for that. Um, so yeah, like talk, talk specifically to sort of the categories and that, that whole thing of like pent up demand and that shopping behavior. Yeah, so no, I think you've, um, I think you've answered it as well, as well as we possibly can based on what we can predict. How, but yeah, so just to add to a couple of things there, I agree with Dan that I think in, in Q4, we're going to see an increase in sales. And I put that down to an increase in people comfortable with buying online that potentially weren't before. So what we're finding is potentially some of the older generation that would normally go go to the shops to buy their grandchildren's Christmas presents, they're going to order them online now that they've learned how to and been forced to learn how to. Um, with that, where we're saying, where, where Dan sort of said, and I think I agree, there's not going to be potentially too much shift in what type of product sell. But what we will see is, I believe, a potentially a, a shift in what types of keywords are being, uh, yeah. being used just because of the different type of customer searching. So I wouldn't use the same keywords that potentially a, uh, an 80 year old grandma would use buying something as the same product, right? So I think now more than ever, it's, it's really, it, specifically now, and as we move into Q4 and those sort of Christmas and holiday gifts and stuff, we need to be aware of, and we need to have campaigns searching for new keywords. Because with new customers coming online that would never go online before, we are going to see new keywords and it's going to get a little bit broader. Um, and that would be my advice, sort of dive in and, and make sure that we've, we've definitely got these research campaigns out where we can find new keywords because the, the type of buyer is additional buyers and the type of buyer and buying um, searching, uh, searching behavior is completely changing based on, based on the, the customer themselves. That's very interesting. Can you... Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, sorry, Meg. Just, just to add a point to that. So, I mean, in terms of like tangibly what you can be doing right now, like we know during Christmas and Q4, anything around gifting works really well. So gift sets, um, gifts for him, gifts for her, uh, gifts for my grandma, like anything gifting related, anything sports, anything home kitchen. We know these categories do well at well at Christmas, anything that's giftable. Um, to really be getting ahead of that and like uh, the one point we haven't covered here is kind of like mindset during this time. A lot of people will be sat frozen right now analysis paralysis scared to make a decision and push forward because of this uncertainty and i think those that have the courage in and belief in their own ability and belief in what they know to be true use this time to get ahead of that market are going to be the ones that really succeed in q4 the ones that do the research now understand what products did well last year get ahead of that conversation now um now is the perfect time to be negotiating better prices in places like China and India um, because yeah. of the uncertainty. So I think you can, you can, what you can be doing right now to tangibly sort of bring this down to an action plan is do that research. Use tools like Keeper to look back historically at what performed well last year, create an opportunity list, then start those conversations with suppliers and really press on the fact that you're going to need better payment terms. You're going to need a better price. Um, we're not going to quote shipping right now because we wouldn't need to ship until whatever August. And we want to wait for the freight to die down a little bit. So start actively having those conversations. But the actual criteria and area of products, I don't think it's going to change too much. So I just want to bring, I just wanted to make it a bit more tangible in terms of what you can be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that totally makes sense. But what do you think about, you know, what if we are in a recession during Q4 and looking at, you know, all of the unemployment numbers and all, of course, 
I think this recession is kind of different because, as you said, it's pent up demand. It's just, you know, things are on hold. It's not like there's something pulling, you know, the entire economy down. It's just on hold. And as soon as, you know, um, the the floodgates open, people are just going to rush out. And I think the economy is going to like bounce back up really quickly. Um, so I think, um, yeah, but what, what do you say, like, if we are in recession at that time, at that mm. point as well, how would that affect people's, um, you know, consumer behavior and, and the types of products that people buy for Christmas? I think that's a great, it's a great question. So I don't know about you, Megla, but one thing we do in our household is we say, okay, like we set a budget per person. So you make the list of people that you're going to buy Christmas presents for. And like that person's like a hundred dollar budget. That person's like a $20 budget budget based on whether they're friends, family, how close they are. Like everyone, I, th- I feel like this is the way in which which consumers sort of navigate the Christmas buying list. Um, so if you if you take that thinking and apply it to a, 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 an economic sort of period where people are a lot more restrained with cash, a lot more sensitive to how much they're spending, what really I think you have to factor in, and this is where you have to apply logic and common sense, is where is someone's budget for a friend or um, a relative, a close relative would might have been $50 last year. It's likely to be more like $25 this year. So I really, I really think you just have to factor price point and you have to, you have to factor um, sort of absolute giftable item, luxury giftable item and sort of categorize those opportunities and apply common sense and logic to say that we're going to, we're going to pick products based on conservative price points, conservative budgets to be spending on family members, friends, etc. Now, Megan, I know obviously you got your son, uh, anyone with kids, you know that that kind of goes out the window at Christmas, but I think it still will apply. So even in like your toys categories, um, your, your sports categories that are applicable to kids, I think just applying that sensitivity to pricing is kind of how, how to navigate this Q4. But that said, people always find a way at q 4 recession or no recession buying's always up um so i think it's just a point it's just a case of considering the price point and which bracket of price points because you understand you know that like looking at a product um yes you could have an ipad case but you, there's different tiers of pricing there's different like pools that you can play in you can be that mm-hmm. super cheap barely making any profit you can kind of be that middle of the run middle of the ground and then you can be that top luxury price point that's twice the amount of anyone else on the page and you know as a seller that you're competing in different brackets of price points. And I think what will happen is all the buyer activity will just move down towards the cheaper sort of middle tier products. And I think your luxury items might struggle. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind while we're uh, you know, thinking of products to, to select. Make sure you're not doing very high-end or very luxury kind of items. Uh, so um, guys watching, if you have any questions, feel free to type them in the comments over here. So Tom is uh, saying, I don't worry too much about the recession. For every person losing a job, there's another person making a fortune. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely, Tom. And there's all, there, there is always opportunity in economic downturn. You just have to pivot your strategy and pivot your tactic. But there's there's always an approach to, to any situation. Exactly. Coming back to what we said earlier, there's a huge growth in the amount of people shopping online, right? This is yeah. why this is why Amazon.com have had to uh, bring on 100,000 staff to build with the demand now. Yes, we're going to see a spike, but again, they're new customers that are going to be more comfortable online. Um, and one, this is when this is all over and we stop some of the restrictions of being able to leave the house and social, um, like in social events and stuff like that, people are still going to be wary of it. And if they can make that purchase online, they may make it online. So yes, we may see that some, that some of the products that we're uh, looking in, the, some of the budgets have come down, but in terms of 
uh, amount of people shopping online, there's going to be an increase. So we're hoping, and it's very difficult to predict, obviously, we're hoping there'll be some sort of balance out there. Um, and I still predict that the Q4B will be a big one. Yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So Leiden, earlier you were you were talking about these new types of keywords or maybe new customers searching differently. Can you elaborate on that or maybe give a couple of examples? Do you have, um, you know, how would they search differently? How would the keywords be different? So, yeah, it, just, it all comes down to, and we've seen this recently, so I don't have any examples of immediate actions. Now we're still doing our research and it's something we're looking into. However, we have seen it previously. Um, so we know this is the type of thing that happens. So we know that um, our main keyword in the summer for a, for a pretty seasonal summer product, um, one that we're working with, we know that coming into Q4 um, and up to sort of Christmas time, that, that main keyword that flips, that gets most of our sales flips and it becomes a giftable type keyword or Christmas present or gifts for dad or something like that. Um, and we've seen it. We've seen it across um, other products as well. With that, we're taking that seasonality out. It's just, for example, um, uh, a celebrity, for example, gets hold of this product and starts to use a certain nickname for this product. Then we see people searching that that keyword rather than what they would have searched before. So mm -hmm. there's certain things that can sort of affect the way it works. And that's what I predict with different people coming in um, and and increased amount of buyers and different types of buyers that we had before so it's something that we're doing in terms of having um a limited uh, uh a limited auto campaign running in ppc just to try and find those new keywords alongside your phrase and broad which will give you elaborated versions of of, of what your your previous keywords were so that's something we're definitely looking into at the moment and just seeing we are seeing that there's there, there are there are opportunities in keywords coming up right now where whereas maybe it might have been a little bit more niche in terms of the keywords that convert really well these ones have sort of stopped converting and other ones have started converting more um so th there's there's definitely a shift in in what's converting in terms of keywords okay. i think that brings us on to a good point megler around sort of what to do with ppc during this time we're hearing stories all over yeah. the place of people stopping ppc like freezing and just pausing their ppc campaigns and and sort of just praying and hoping this passes they can turn the back on um and in, in everything we're seeing and everything we're sort of helping people with it's absolutely the, the wrong thing to be doing um okay. we, we it's more about just accurately using the data to inform your optimization as you would during any normal period of sales um however right now it's obviously just exaggerated and you're going to be reacting a lot faster um so if it's okay with you we, we can dive into some points on sort of how to yeah. start how to look at optimizing those ppc campaigns this stuff that Leiden's talking about will come as a result of that analysis yeah that'd be fantastic so, go for it yeah sure so um i think the, the first point is like don't freeze don't just turn off all your campaigns i mean if you're in a even if you're in a category like travel like one of our titan leaders uh brendan pettit he's in he's in travel um he's set multi seven figure seller um and obviously 80 percent of his his product base is squished them down right now um, but even in this scenario we're not turning off the ppc campaigns we're just monitoring the data very closely using your search term report using what we call our daily sales tracker to really focus in on what the data is telling us focusing on conversion rate as a priority and then adjusting and recalibrating the campaigns towards the terms that are generating sales um either profitably or even at break even or even at a small loss to start with 
um, until we see that market normalize out. Because one thing we don't want to do is people call them signals, um, but I want to get a bit more technical than that. We we don't want to be losing the the relevancy against search terms. So when when a shopper searches keyword, they click your ad. There's a click against that term. That's that's a, a factor of relevancy. It's, an, it's a, a factor, an indication of relevancy, mapping that product against that term. Then they come through, they take an action like an add to cart. That creates another signal, so to speak, another indicator um, against relevancy for that keyword. Then obviously they make the purchase and the conversion happens. Um, we've just ticked another box in, in relevancy for that keyword. So we definitely don't want to be losing that and turning it off completely because when the market does regain, um, we're going to find it a lot more difficult to be regaining that relevancy, mapping the products in the index um, towards those terms. Um, so it's a case of like managing the current scenario. So focus on uh, conversion rate, adjusting bids to manage ACOS. So just maybe lowering the bids, like completely taking all the velocity out of the bids and just lowering them right down, but keeping them relevant. And then keeping a very close eye on which keywords are generating sales. And from what we can see, like it is a bit, it's like random potluck. The, either the entire category is affected, or if only your product's affected, but all of your competitors around you seem to be doing okay, that indicates that you're, you're targeting the wrong terms and the keywords have changed. Um, but if the entire category is affected, then bid management comes into play and it's just about managing the downside, maintaining relevancy, maintaining um, sales. And with with these changing... Sorry, just to that point, if you're seeing that you are one of these um, unlucky people, I should say, where you've, you've been affected by the delivery date and some of the other guys haven't, they're going to start taking some of your sales for people who are impatient um, and, and just want to get that product in. Um, so now is definitely the time. Of course, we want to try and prioritize profitability. We don't want to be losing lots of money. But what's going to happen if we go, right, we're just going to have to wait four weeks or however long it takes to get those uh, delivery dates back. You are going to drop off page one, potentially. Um, so we, what we want to do is still try and keep up that momentum, do what we can not to lose too much rank so that when those delivery dates go back to normal and things normalize, then you're, you're, still, you're still visible. Um, because what's going to happen is you and maybe a couple of others that have that that, that um, long delivery date, when it's over and everybody's back on an even kill, you still want to be in and amongst it. You don't have dropped to page two, page three, because you've turned off your listing like some people have done, or as Dan says, turning off the PPC completely. We still, it's sort of like, it's sort of like um, admitting that you're going to lose a little bit of money or lose some of the, some of the profit. Um, it's a bit like you've got to treat it a little bit like a launch in this situation that you know that you're not going to make as much money as you want to, but we're doing it for the long term gain um, because it's going to cost you more money than this anyway to relaunch if you, you end up on page three. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To, to that point, there's actually one thing we're looking at right now, Megla, is um, there's huge opportunities like, you know, generally in a category, if you've been in a, in a product for a while, you know where the big keywords are, you know what's generating the sales. Um, if you do your competitor analysis, reverse engineer their, their rankings and look at what's what's generating sales. Right now, if you've got access to an audience that you can drive or you've got access to a rebate marketplace or you've got access to a way of generating rebates and generating orders, right now is a huge opportunity to be gaining rank over your competitors. So let's say you've sat in position, I don't know, 10, 15, whatever, for a term that generates 60% of the sales in the category. Right now, if you've got the ability to drive like your many chat list or like say rebates from a marketplace, 
it's perfect time to be doing those ranking campaigns because the tide's lower. So mm. while everyone else is turning off their campaigns, deactivating their listing, closing their listings down, you can you can be gaining rank. So when that wave does pick up, you're ahead of the wave already. You're you're like Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan. You're already out to sea fishing. Um, yeah. So I see that as the big opportunity right now. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, let's just see. We have a couple of questions over here. So it's not related to PPC, but someone's asking which category should we focus on selling during this COVID nineteen pandemic. But I guess, I mean, if you're already selling uh, a relevant product, you know, you're in luck, of course, right? <laughs> but is it is it too late now to start looking at, um, you know, sourcing a product and selling it during this time? So, for example, I don't know, dumbbells or other, you know, um, <laughs> yoga equipment, for example. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's worth looking at those ones. We know that there's a spike. Don't be too... Um, outrageous with your buying your stock based on sales right now but like we said earlier this once the, the 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 sort of borders are lifted once people are allowed out their homes and stuff like that people are going to have practiced home workouts and practice yoga and maybe they're going to continue to enjoy that and they're going to want to do this thing at home so people will still buy that alongside people still being a lot more conscious about social gatherings and uh being more clean and washing their hands more than perhaps they would before. This, is, this isn't something that's going to stop all of a sudden. It's going to phase out. And as people sort of are able to do things they used to be able to do, they might, I, I still believe that people are still going to be very conscious and not going to go to the gym every day if they don't have to, if they have stuff inside and, and look to build that home gym. So exactly like the, like the gym or the yoga and stuff like that, I don't think they're bad categories to, to, to be in as we sort of yeah. as we move forward yeah i think new habit i think what's happening here megalo and um who was it probably um new habits are being formed so mm -hmm. what, what is it? it takes 56 days to create a new habit something like that you've got 75 hard and i know a lot of my, uh, my friends are doing that 75 hard program right now but not only are new habits being formed limiting beliefs are being broken people who thought they could only work out if they could go to a fitness class at a gym are realizing that they do have the self-confidence to be able to do a workout in their living room or in the garden um, confidence, as Lyde said, in, in consumer shopping, gatherings, going to places like gyms, people's shopping behaviors and trends, they're going to get very comfortable with shopping online. And especially once these delivery times normalize, um, people who hadn't really prioritized that are going to. So I wouldn't make decisions based on what's currently happening. Like I wouldn't start going and sourcing um, antibacterial wipes or um like face masks really I know a lot of people got stung with a face mask thing recently because obviously yeah. the US changed the laws there um but I would definitely be looking towards categories where consumer habits have changed as a result of this mm -hmm. so I don't like I, I don't see home sporting goods and home fitness goods I don't see that declining quickly it's going to be something that I think's been going to be up for a long time now and it probably will continue to be up um people are going to be a lot more conscious about having clean sorry sorry my god Yes, people are going to be a lot, a lot more conscious around sort of cleaning yeah. materials. Go on, Liza. A lag, mate. Go ahead. I was just going to say the pent-up demand around the things like the travel stuff, which you can sort yeah. of prepare for that. The only problem we do have is we don't know when that's going to be allowed again or, or, when, or when that's going to happen. But on the flip side of people continuing to their behaviour around home workouts and stuff like that and being more clean, um, you are going to have these other things that when we are allowed to go to music festivals – 
or go to go to events or go out i see like clothes and stuff and then obviously makeup for girls for example and dan um going up as well when you can go, go, go out to social events and stuff like that so you, you can sort of catch the wave when they're they're back up as well um but yeah so there's there's lots of opportunity out there but some in this we're using more initiative and forward thinking um more than slightly more than we would use data normally but um it's you we've definitely got a lot of time to be at home and, and think about our next sort of venture and stuff so definitely look into what you would would be an emerging market yeah and with that i mean we there are indicators like we're saying you've got to use logic i'm a big believer in use the data like i've always i've always preached like use the data to inform your decisions don't just use like don't just use emotion um so we've got data at brand analytics we can see buying trends changing there um you've got tools like google trends where if you search a broad topic, you're going to see how consumer search is changing. And search on Google is very, uh, uh, correlates very well with search on Amazon. Um, you can, people, attention online right now is massively up. Like, stupid, like Facebook advertising, for instance. Um, yeah. I do a lot of Facebook advertising. I do, I've got a dental agency randomly that does a lot of Facebook advertising. Like, ad costs are down right now. Click-through rates have doubled. So attention's up online. So things like YouTube, Go onto YouTube and look at the suggested searches. Look at what channels and types of videos are popular right now. You're going to see stuff like recipes, um, cooking, baking. That whole sector is up right now, and I think it will continue to be up. Um, prepping, survival, all that stuff's up right now. You're going to see view counts going through the roof on channels that didn't have any views before. So there are indicators out there around sort of what's working and what's not and where, the, where consumer behavior is going. Um, and if you can read between the lines on those, look at hashtags on Instagram, um, you're going to get a good indication of what's here to come. Yeah, I think that really makes sense. I like what you said. You know, these are new habit habits that people are forming and, and they're you know maybe going to continue mm. after um, the dust settles as well. So Tom Nutter is suggesting, you know, home improvements, arts and crafts, sports yeah. and outdoors, cleaning. So these could be some. Um, All right, Tom, long time no see, mate. <laughs> Hi, so I presume he's doing very well at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret says, I love your analysis, Dan. Agree with you. Many opportunities will come our way. Yeah, 100%. I mean, arts and crafts, we, we're involved in some stuff there. And I've got some friends like, it's through the roof right now because I don't know about you, Megla, but keeping my two young kids entertained, schooled every day is a bigger challenge than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that whole section, like it was quite funny. We've got a store here in the UK called Hobbycraft. I don't know if it's in the US. Um, and before this lockdown got kicked in, we went there to pick up some supplies to get through this period with the kids. Um, and it was like all the mums and dads were just in this one aisle of picking up like all the coloring books and the pens. And <laughs> so, and I, like I said, I don't, I don't see that changing because like, I don't know what globally this, we're in a position now where we've been backed into a corner. Like they can't just let everyone out because you're going to hit the same peak again. So globally, there is this need to entertain children. So things like arts and crafts, perfect, perfect category. Right. So earlier you mentioned keeper. No, it's keeper. K double E P A. Keeper. Yeah. Very similar thing. If you've got like a helium ten, the helium ten plugin. Does a very similar thing in terms yeah, of trends. Does it? Helium 10 does it. Anything that gives you historical data. Keeper's quite nice because it embeds a widget on the Amazon page and you can very quickly sort of zoom in, see historical performance. Um, does but, Helium 10 do that as well? Yeah, it has it built into the Chrome extension. 
Um, it's not as accessible as, as Keeper does on the page, but you know, okay. within the Helium 10 um, Chrome extension, it has the ability to look at historical data. Yeah. 30K a day, mate. Full <laughs> <laughs> so size. <laughs> Athena, it's his accent. <laughs> yeah, Athena trans translates for me quite often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got one question from Mark. Um, would you think that doing separate listings for the same item but with different keywords and descriptions on EBC targeted to specific demographics is worth considering, or would you just push this into keywords only? That's that's actually raised a really good point that we haven't touched on, which is sort of listing optimization. So yeah. I. We'll talk about FBM in a second. We'll talk about like yeah. specific FBM strategy in a second. Um, for the sake of targeting different keywords, no, I wouldn't split. Wouldn't start splitting out listings. But in terms of in terms of optimizing that listing, what you have to consider is depending on the product, the use case of that product's likely changed. Mm -hmm. So, given the fact that we're all locked in our houses the shopping behavior maybe towards arts and crafts or towards a home fitness product. The reason, the intent behind that purchase has now changed. Before it was, I wanted this, maybe I wanted an ab roller because my gym doesn't stock it. So I'm actually taking my own ab roller into the gym with me to, to form part of my workout. Obviously now the buying intent and the, the benefit of buying that product isn't to complete my workout at the gym. It's to enable me to get some sort of workout to keep me in shape while I'm on lockdown. So you may even consider on your listings, once you've analyzed your search term reports, analyzed has, has the, the keywords shifted that are generating the sales, once you've done all that, you then need to get like a, you need to think about the human emotion and psychology behind why they're buying that product. And you may even consider rewriting or re-gearing the benefits in your listing towards the current situation. So maybe your first two bullets, we're, we're big believers in benefit-led copy. Um, but the first two bullets, you may change to, um, let's say you do, you sell a, a kid's paint set, for instance, popular product does very well. Um, you may change that to um, keep your, keep your kids um, occupied during the lockdown. Um, Water-based won't stain your couch. So you see how we may, to try and combat those lower conversion rates as a result of delayed shipping, we can write better, more accurate, more relevant, more current copy. Um, and that's something I would do with the listing. And that's something we're doing is, is repositioning copy. Now, you've got to be careful. You don't want to be, you can't be using certain words, but you can definitely analyze the use case and sort of lean in on the current buying reasons for that product. And it's something that I'm not seeing many people do. And they're kind of like thinking, oh, I just leave my listing as it was. But the reason someone's buying your product right now is different to the reason someone was buying your product two months ago. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. And another category I can think of is home office, right? I mean, a lot of yeah. people are working from home. So there are so many things yeah. that they're looking for, you know, like laptops, laptop stands, for example, yeah. or, you know, microphones and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, work from home could be a big keyword and you could probably, um, you know, customize your listings a little bit as well. Um, let's see. So Prabhu has another question. What would you advise for new sellers launching a new product this time? Is it yeah. a good time to launch new products? I think it's a great new. I think it's a great time. Um, yeah. Does it depend on the category? Yeah, yeah. I believe it depends. You have to you have to sort of take a look at the competition on the page and where yeah. you fit in uh, in that competition. Now, I spoke to someone about this the other day, and they were thinking about launching FBM so they can have a faster delivery time than some of the FBA sellers on there. And what I, what I was sort of saying to them was like, right, we just need to take a look at where we fit in on the page. 
Um, if we're launching a supplement, for example, um, or a home office product that's really doing very well at the moment, we know demand's up and it's going to be difficult to compete. However, we may still want a piece of that. And if we if we see the top five uh, products in that category or on, the, on that the keyword we're sort of going after, maybe have a thousand plus reviews, um, then we might say we're not going to try and compete with those guys. But what we're seeing here is that because there's so much demand around that keyword, around that niche, then on page two, people are still making 50 sales a day. And page three, people are still making sales. So in that case, your phase one of the launch, while everything's so crazy, you might just be jumping on the back of the, the, the demand of that type of thing. And then in other situations, uh, we've seen that potentially if everybody's got a long delivery time and you can deliver quickly through FBM, it might be a, a good reason to get going now because that's another way you're going to differentiate um, and sort of stand out uh, again against the rest. Um, but yeah, we, we, we're seeing across, depending on the category, but a lot of the time, um, it's, it's a good time to launch. And on the flip side, the ones that, are the, the, for example, we spoke, we spoke about travel a few times. If there's a travel brand where sales are sort of down at the moment, that's also a very good opportunity because it's going to be a lot cheaper to launch. It's going to be a lot easier to get to page one and sort of sit there while, 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 um, um, while demand is low. And then when it kicks in, you're in a very good position. It was very cheap to get to the page. A lot cheaper than it would have been um, this time last year, for example. Yeah, and I think specifically, so the categories where demand is high, you've got to you've got to you've got to make the decision: can I compete with this with this demand or not? Do I have the ability to drive velocity enough to meet the tide where it's at and and rank? But where I see real opportunity is in these categories where pent up demand is going to kick in, where Q four shopping habits are going to kick in, where a heightened sense of awareness. I love the the example you gave, Megla, for home based working, like companies like Zoom right now. They're through, they're, they're stopped. Everything's going through the roof because of how many people are, are sort of being forced. Bosses are now forcing, being forced to allow their employees to change their working habits. Um, to Lydon's point, these these categories where there's pent up demand building and the, the daily sales volume is down, that's a much lower entry point for you as a new product than it was two months ago. But the caveat on that is you have to determine, can you consistently make uh, sale, sales show up during this period of lower sales. So if you're an existing brand owner, you've got an audience maybe on Instagram, you've got a many chat list, you've got Facebook pixel that you can drive ads to that are relevant, um, and you can control the flow of sales. All you've got to do is meet the current tide where it's at consistently. And then when the market starts to pick up, you're already on top of that wave with your surfboard. If you're a new seller, you don't have any existing audience, you don't have a many chat list, you haven't got an email list, um, you have to then consider your skill set. Do you have the ability to effectively drive Facebook advertising? Do you know how to do interest-based targeting? Can you use um, Instagram ads? Do you know how to sort of do shout-outs, do collaborations with Instagram accounts? Because then it, does, it becomes less about what you have and more about how resourceful you are in your skill set. Um, and then all you do is even, even with a, let's say you're not going to take the FDM route, which we'll talk about, it's a bit more advanced. Um, you just tweak the positioning, the expectation in your ads. So, hey, we know you can't board a flight right now, but get this travel wallet at uh, like 100% free using a rebate. So when when the airports lift the ban, you've got you're well prepared to travel. Like talk about getting set up. Talk about getting taking advantage of the current situation and getting all this stuff. Um, we've been testing some ad campaigns of that nature, and that's working. Okay. 
Awesome. That's great advice. So let's also talk about FBM and, and you know, what, what are you guys seeing over there? Because one concern is, of course, um, you know, are all of the 3PL warehouses, are they able to function normally as well, right? Because their employees are affected as well. So, I mean, even if one, even if we do consider shifting from, you know, FBA to FBM, what is the guarantee that, you know, 3PL uh, warehouses will be able to fulfill, right? Are you seeing that concern as well? Yes, yeah, so it all depends on, on your 3PL. You just have to have a, a conversation with them and ask for an honest answer. So the, 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 the 3PLs that we got are functioning as normal, um, and we're just adjusting handling times if it is going to take a little bit longer. But you're 100% correct in the, the who Amazon used for delivery is the same people your 3PLs can use for delivery. So there, if there are issues there, it's, it's across the board. But I believe that the delivery times with Amazon is more about warehouse needs rather than delivery companies. I think they seem to be keeping up quite well. Um, and we've tested this um, where we've seen sales come down in certain categories. And we believe it to be where we've got competitors that still have a two-day delivery and we've got a four-week delivery. We've tested and moved over to FBM. Um, and what we're finding is it hasn't made that much difference. Okay, we might get a few extra sales because we've got a shorter delivery date in some categories. We're seeing it hasn't made that too, too much uh, of a difference because our competitors still have a two-day delivery with Prime Badge, right? So, mm -hmm. however, in a different case, what we found is by flipping to FBM, when everybody on the page has four weeks and then we have two weeks or between seven and 10 days or whatever it is, that's where we're seeing it does actually work. So, again, uh, it's very specific as to, to where it is. It, depending on what your competitors are looking like, by reducing four weeks to three weeks, you still can't compete with two days, so it doesn't really do much. Whereas if everybody's in the same boat and you can be the only one that's got shorter delivery, we have seen sales go up on that one, that one quite well. To the point of can 3PLs, what makes a 3PL different to Amazon's ability to manage corona outbreak, for instance? Yeah. Um, this was a big concern as we've got various 3PL relationships. Uh, within Titan, we've got various sort of very special deals in place. Um, and it, I think the question comes down to, do you already have a relationship with a 3PL with inventory held? Because that's a different decision to, I don't have a 3PL, I need to find one. Many of these 3PL companies have a two, three week onboarding period now anyway, because there's they've got, they've got demand, there's a process, they want to um, disinfect every order, every inventory sort of pallet that comes in, they want to disinfect. Um, their staff are obviously having to follow very strict management workflow management and workday management procedures to be able to keep that place operational so if you've already got one in place i'd be asking questions like what is your procedure for staff and management of covid what's your procedure if a covid outbreak was to occur in in the warehouse like we know that amazon are shutting down fulfillment centers deep cleaning reopening what's your three pls um if you haven't got one yet then you need to be having as and you want to go down this route you have to weigh up, like, is it worth it? Because if it's going to take three, four weeks to get a product into a 3PL, as many of them do, um, not all of them, like we've got many good relationships within Titan where we've got like a one or two day processing time, but there's not many of them available. Um, then you have to you have to assess, will Amazon have sorted out this sort of elastic demand management three, four weeks from now? And is there any point? Then factoring in Leiden's point about how's your specific category affected? Are your competitors in a better position than you or not, and do you think it will, will be weighing up the um, the time? Now, for what we're seeing, and Lloyd, we should talk specifically to how we've done this in a sec, but what we're seeing is 
good 3PLs. We've got some very good relationships. We've been able to get stock in very quickly. Touchwood, they're processing the orders. We're only, we've only been doing this a few, like about a week or so now, because um, it took some time to organize. Um, and having conversations with the owners of those 3PLs, the staff are going through very strict management guidelines on how they operate within the warehouse, the procedure for deep cleaning. So we're very confident in that. But it's like a plaster. It's not It's not something we're relying on. It's just something we're testing as a, like a quick fix. Um, Best way to source 3PLs. Yeah, Leiden, go ahead. You were saying something. Yeah. Do you want to talk specifically to Leiden to how, because there's different ways of approaching this FBM scenario. Um, talk to about how we've approached it and what we've executed. Yeah. So um, in terms of technically, then. Yeah, in terms of technically, like, so should I flip my listing to FBM? Should I create a variation listing? Let's talk technical. Yeah, so what, what we've found and the way that we've done it is just create a copy. It's very quick It's very quick and easy to create a copy of your current listing. And the reason we've done that um, is because, we're, so that we've got an FBA listing, FBM listing, rather than just um, convert it. Because what, what happens so you have if two listings. So we're having two listings, making sure it's on the same ASIN, by creating a copy of the listing, that's fine. So you've just got two different listings and you can turn one off and one on. And the reason we've done that is because previously, when, whenever we've used an FBM listing, it's because we've run out of stock, right? And we've got some in a 3PL and we use that while we're waiting for the FBA stock to come in. And what happens is when FBA stock lands, if, there's, if it's on the same listing and it's been converted to fulfill by merchant, we're seeing issues with receiving stock, which delays things further. So what we tend to do is create a copy um, of the listing and, and we do it that way. Now, something that we're going to, we're testing at the moment, and this again, case by case, seems to be my favorite um, saying today, but <laughs> case by case you have to look at this, um, is because we've got a product uh, yesterday that we've got an FBM, we flipped FBM, uh, it didn't change too much, but we believe because we don't have the FBM, the, the Prime badge, it may not have affected. So what we're doing now is, and different people care about different things, right? Whenever I search on Amazon, I just click Prime and only search for Prime stuff. Now that might change slightly now in the current climate, but normally I would just go after, after Prime. Even if delivery dates are longer, I know that it's coming from Amazon, it's gonna land. I'm not relying on somebody sending it from their own garage, for example. But, so what we're gonna test at the moment is having them both live at the same time. So that when the customer comes on there, uh, onto the listing, they have the option of buying from FBA with a longer delivery date, but it's prime, so they're happy. Or they can buy at FBM, um, which is a, which is faster, but whether they trust FBM or not, so it's up to them. So we're trying to give people the option. So things that can affect this negatively is that there's an extra couple of clicks before they get to the sale, which can obviously um, decrease conversion rate. But we again, we're just testing, and we're gonna see whether conversion rate goes up because people have the option or whether it comes down. Um, what we did find by flipping to FBM is that sessions came down. And I believe that due, due to people clicking, they only want prime, prime delivery. So it's not getting seen as much. So sessions definitely come, came down. However, uh, conversion rate stayed the same. So it's just um, depending on, and again, that comes back to what, com what your competition are doing and what position they're in. Um, so something we're doing at the moment is testing both. But what you'll find is that Amazon will choose normally to put the prime Prime one first, whereas you might want the FBM one first. Um, so what you need to do is change the pricing. If you make your FBM listing around 20% uh, cheaper than your Prime one, then it would overtake. 
might not make sense for some low, lower ticket items. But if you've got a higher ticket item, that might, might make sense. Uh, so just be careful with that. And don't jump up. The, the reason I mentioned this is because I don't want you jumping up the price by 30% because then you might get in trouble with Amazon for price gouging. Um, so you just need to be careful with that. Maybe put one up 10%, put the FBM up 10% and drop the price on the FBA uh, 10% to try and get that 20% difference to try and win the buy box. Um, so these are all things to take into account when you're, when you're looking at it. But in terms of specific instructions on how I think you should do it, again, it's very difficult to tell and you have to test it based on your category, your product, your niche, um, your customer. Um, and make a decision based on the data. Coming back to tracking data daily, like, like Dan went into a little bit earlier. Yeah. Someone's asking, FBM is Seller Fulfilled Prime? So we haven't used Seller Fulfilled Prime. So FBM is just uh, fulfilled by merchant, right? Um, now you can apply and uh, it to be Seller Fulfilled Prime, but you have to guarantee delivery in two days. Now I don't know about anybody else on here and how confident they are, I don't want to risk getting bad, um, getting penalized by Amazon by not getting the product to the customer in two days. Mm -hmm. um, so you, it, to be able to do seller fulfilled prime, you have to deliver the same service that prime deliver. And in the current climate, I would say that's very difficult to do based on the things we said earlier. Uh, so we haven't done it. Plus if you haven't done it before, I think for the first 30 day trial, you don't have the prime badge anyway. So there really is no point. The only reason you try and have Seller Fulfilled Prime is so you have the Prime badge. But during the trial, I don't believe you have the badge. So, um, And by the end of the 30 days, we're hoping everything's sort of stabilized and back to normal and everybody's focused on FBA. So I would, I would recommend against that. I think the reality is if people aren't already on this by now or they don't have a 3PL in place, I'd yeah. be questioning, is it worth it? Because by the time you get all this in place, Ideally, touch word, Amazon's back to normal and we're all happy with FBA. So I think that's the message for everyone. Um, unless you can make it happen quickly, I would question whether it's worth it or not. Cool. So Margaret says, FBA, FBM strategy has been working fine for me. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Well, look at who we have here. We have a surprise guest for everyone. Hello. <laughs> Hi. 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 How are you, Athena? She's like, you want to jump on and like, let me get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little known fact for everyone. It's Athena's birthday today. Yeah. Happy birthday, oh, Athena. Oh, my God. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank wow. You. Thank you. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what are you doing for your birthday? <laughs> do you have well, a birthday? You know, I was like, okay, I'm stuck at home. What do I do? So I was like, you know, what if I brought on like some of my favorite human beings and we just sort of did a Zoom call? So I started contacting some people and it's a little out of control now. So we have um, Dr. Berg coming on to talk about immunity. We have um, the Phantom from the Phantom of the Opera who's gonna sing a song and he's gonna talk about entrepreneurship and positive mindset for artists. And then we've got, um, oh my gosh, we have Jeff Hoffman who's like one of my most favorite speakers I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, I'm gonna spend my birthday with like these amazing people online just injecting some positivity in the world. I figured that'd be a really fun way to spend my birthday. That's awesome. So it's, yeah. so it's a virtual birthday party, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so yeah. cool. So what else is happening, Athena? What, what are you, um, you know, what are you guys working on now with 
I mean, you're you're busy with Titan, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. These guys have been just killing it, being you know three steps ahead of the game. So I super appreciate just all the research and just the fact that they're like something changes and they've already known about it. They researched it. They have resources. So it's been really amazing to see how the team has been um, together and also just building that community. I know you guys have been doing so much. Megla, thank you for all of these live calls that you've been putting together because I feel that that positivity and that energy is really kind of getting people through this time. And I think that it's just really helping a lot. So yeah, a lot of pivoting, a lot of, uh, you know, changing things up. So it's been yeah, great. Exactly. That's yeah. what life is about, right? If uh, yeah. life throws lemons at you, you just make lemonade, right? <laughs> oh, I've got it tattooed on my my arm, you have to learn to dance in the rain. Yeah. 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 We had a call in our Titan network called Everybody Panic. It was a joke. <laughs> it was <laughs> like the opposite. Like, how can we stay safe? How can we like actually, you know, make things work? But it was just really funny. Yeah. Margaret says happy birthday. Oh, <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> so guys, tell us more about Titan Network and uh, you know what it what is it all about and how do you help sellers and you know, yeah. Well, I'll yeah, catch sure. Oh, go ahead, Dan. No, go on, Birthday, I'll probably get the backstory and then I'll let him kind of go into more of the detail. But so, you know, we've done China Magic and, and you have always been so lovely and hosted us at Global Sources, and that's been fantastic. And one of the things that we noticed is that when you brought mentors who are extremely successful in their own right, and they were able to help and inspire the people directly, it would help fast forward people's businesses quite drastically. So we would see just amazing results while we were together in China for those 12 days. But the only problem was that it would end. And so we'd get a lot of, I would get a lot of like, hey, Athena, so um, I really would like to ask a question to the mentors and hey, do you have any extra events? And like, how, how can we stay connected more? And I mean, literally that would be constant, constant, constant. And so Titan was really born out of that need that people were looking for that extra mentor in the mentoring, but they didn't want just mentoring from some random coach that might have sold on Amazon, you know, two years ago. They were looking for people who are in the game doing at least multi seven, eight figures on Amazon that really know what they're doing. And so that was quite difficult. And it wasn't until Dan that I was actually able to kind of find that counterpart that could actually put something like that together. So that's sort of a little bit of the backstory. Yeah, and I think the, the important thing about time, is it's not about any one person. Um, it's not about my success, not about Lion's success. It's not about like Justin Dyson, Andrew Erickson. It's not about any one person's way of doing things. What we're doing is professionally facilitating and managing um, and curating what's working right now in the business and then delivering it into specific groups relative to where you're at in the business. So in Titan, we've got um, Titan 1, 2, 3, Australia. We've got various different groups inside of Titan. And you're putting that group, depending on where you're at in the business, to so the conversation and everything that's taught and delivered and all the needs are relevant to where you're at right now in the business. So you get all that noise and all that distraction and endlessly uh, sort of scrolling Facebook groups looking for the next nugget that turns out to be a load of crap. Um, <laughs> all of that's taken away from you. And the idea yeah. is that the person leading your group, a Titan leader, is ahead of you in the game. They've been there and done it, and you can just follow in their footsteps, and then you progress through the groups. Um, so, yeah, Titan Network's a, a mastermind. It's a community. It's a family. Um, we run three physical mastermind events a year when we're allowed to. Um, <laughs> we 
group <laughs> meets every Wednesday on Zoom and, and holds a good 90 minutes or mastermind discussion. We do two live trainings a month on everything from like launching. We did a we did a recent public masterclass actually. That was just a very that was a taste of what we do live inside of Titans. So we do two live trainings a month. We have guest speakers on. Uh, we have a sourcing team out in China. We have relationships with every software, every service provider, and you'll get the best deal through Titan. So really, we are a community. We're a movement. Um, and the, odd, the whole point is it's it's not led by one person. It's led by the currently, what's it, 15, 16, seven-figure sellers that are leading the charge. And that number is growing daily as we as we expand and grow. And then my job at the top of all that is to ensure that I'm facilitating the conversation, that we deliver consistent um, training and Everything that's been tested across all of these different categories, every every lead is a multi-seven-figure seller. All of it's showing up inside of Titan in a step-by-step action plan. So yeah, it's cool, man. It's uh, it's, it's it's growing quickly. Yeah, that sounds very exciting, actually. So um, tell us about China Magic, Athena. Of course, you know April, we couldn't do our trips. <laughs> I know. I was so sad. No, I was actually looking at my calendar, and I was like, "How am I going to live without China in April? Like, how's that going to work?" Um, but yeah, no. So we're really excited about October. I know that you also have pivoted your trip to October as well, and so we're just doing a lot of prep. And we also um, have opened up our sourcing team to all of our guys who are not yet in China so that we can actually get them going and get them a few steps ahead of the game as well as some training. So that's going to be good. But October is just going to be amazing. I think we're going to value it and appreciate it so much more now after we've been stuck at home this whole time. (laughs) Being able to talk face to face with suppliers and be able to do these events together, I think we're just going to be very grateful. And it's going to probably end up being our, our best China magic ever. And I can't wait to see you in Hong Kong and give you a huge hug without having actually when I was in Europe for the European conference, um, usually I do this thing where people, you know, shake hands and we weren't quite into the like social distancing yet. We were still yeah. not sure what was happening with the world. And so we, we actually did um, a whole exercise with our elbows to like elbow bump. <laughs> that was, like, just 2020 uh, social yeah, connection. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> Awesome. That's great. So, um, you know, as we wrap up, uh, Dan, Leiden, Athena, do you have any, you know, a parting advice that you want to share with people? I mean, you know, how to deal with the current situation and any advice that you want to share before we yeah, sign off I, here? I think um, an important note here, um, and what, I think we should just touch on the, the, the how you manage your team as well, but an important note here, guys, is always think accurately. It's so easy to let fear and panic um overcome you and force you into either freezing and like getting that analysis paralysis syndrome or just making the wrong decisions based on fear um wherever possible like you'll hear something you'll see a news article you'll see some crap in a facebook group um always stop take a breath think accurately about the situation and so mine and lies point this whole time like how does it affect me in my current position Get, gather the data and then use the data to make an informed decision. Is the whole category affected or is it just one ASIN? Are Amazon actually delaying by this long or in fact the 40% of orders being shipped on time? And just in every every challenge we come up against, don't look at it as an issue. Look at it as a piece, to, to, piece of a puzzle that you have to solve. Now, I'm not saying that you stand there, put your hand over your eyes and sort of go, I hope this thing sorts it out. You have to be a responsible business owner. You've got to um, keep an eye on your cost base. You need to be tracking your data daily 
And you need to be make, have the courage to make those decisions you need to make to pivot your business to survive this. Um, and just lean in on the data, optimize towards the data, um, and just stay positive, guys. We will get through this. You can't control this, but you can control how you respond to this. And if you wake up daily and make the decision to put a smile on your face, open up your Sell Essential dashboard, open up your daily sales tracker and go, as the leader of my business, what decision is the right decision today, given the data in front of me? And just take every day as it comes like that, you will come out on top. And whilst everyone else in the market is frozen and is not making decisions right now, scared to do anything, have turned off their PPC, deactivated their listings, you're going to be the one that's already out to sea fishing when this storm passes because you were the one who had the courage to lead. People need leadership right now, which ties perfectly into your team. If you are employing your team, uh, have VAs, have a team in place. Like Lyde and I have a team of around 22 people right now. Let them know that everything's okay. Let them know that how you're managing this situation. Let them know the impact on the business and how you see it going. And use them for data. Good leaders listen as much as they talk. And I think listening to your team, letting them know it's okay. Business as usual, where possible, if they've got kids at home now that they didn't have at home, obviously be flexible to that um, and understand everyone's individual needs. In some circumstances, like furlonging, as it's called in the UK, or letting people go might actually be better for them because the government are giving out payouts that would be more than you can pay them. But make that decision on an individual basis and just make them part of the conversation. Don't bury your head. Be a leader. And that's really my message for, for everyone. That's awesome. That's really good advice, Dan. Um, Lydon, anything from you? Yeah, yeah. What Dan said. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to reiterate what he said, you seem to cover everything there, bro. So, uh, but yeah, the, I think the important thing for me there is don't freeze. Um, take a look at what your so some things may have changed because we are tracking the data and we are reacting to what it is what's happening daily. But I've seen a lot of people sort of say, "Well, I'm not going to launch any products right now because I don't want to invest the money in the stock." Have a look at what your next. 10 products or what potential products you had, see which ones would actually fit in the current climate and maybe switch up which ones you're gonna launch first. We've had to take a look at our sort of launch plan for the year and say, well, we were gonna launch that, but that'd be a stupid idea. So what we're gonna do is bring these other ones forward because they would be relevant to people right now in the situation they're in. And we're gonna launch these ones first. But listen, you need to always be growing your Amazon business. You need to be launching new products. What I would say is don't go on pause. Like Dad says, don't freeze. Um, take a look at what you've got. Take a look at the uh, what's happening right now and see where see what your next steps. Your next steps will more than likely have changed than what, what if, the, if the whole thing wasn't on lockdown right now. But there are steps you can take and you can continue to grow your business. You always want to be launching. You always want to be growing. Um, don't freeze. Push forward. But, but make the decisions based on the data. And, and to, to be able to make decisions based on the data, you need to be tracking that daily. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And of course, you know, China is open now. A lot of factories yeah. are, are open, so you can start talking to factories. India is in lockdown, but factory owners and managers are still working from home. So you can still talk to them, start talking about, you know, product development and all. So Margaret says, well said, guys, very positive. And then she says, looking forward to meeting you in Hong Kong. She was actually going to come speak at Global Sources Summit. She's oh, in Australia. Oh, wow. She's one of the coaches on India Sourcing Trip. She's been sourcing from India for, for about two years now. Amazing. So, yeah, you would have met her there. Bati says, thank you. Uh, happy birthday, Athena. <laughs> uh -huh. 
And Tricia says, this has been one of the most useful webinars that I've heard. It hit every relevant topic with so many ideas and actionable steps to place us in a better position. Thanks, gents. Cool. Megla, just to jump in on that, there was something you mentioned right now. One thing we haven't talked about, and maybe we could do a separate call about it because we've got a complete step-by-step -step system for, for, get, for achieving this. But now yeah. is the perfect time to be having conversations with your suppliers in India, with your suppliers in China, yeah. and renegotiating those payment terms. If you want to free yeah. up some cash to enable you to launch products moving forward, now is a perfect time to be getting better turns on 3070, free up that cash and be able to fund growth in the business. Um, so don't don't forget, like you should always be negotiating, as well as always be launching, you should always be negotiating as well. Now's a perfect time to be doing that. Exactly, totally agree with you. In fact, I was just talking to a sourcing agent in India today and she was saying that, you know, business is really bad. 20% of our orders have been canceled and it's, it's going to be a really yeah. bad year and everything. So suppliers are actually, you know, very worried that they're not going to be getting yeah. orders. And so they're going to try everything in their, you know, ability and their power to get those orders. So now is a really good time to negotiate because, you know, they'll be like, okay, I'll just take anything I get, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me see if there are any comments and then I'm going to hand it over to Athena for the last word. <laughs> <laughs> Now's the time to dance with the supplier, Baptiste said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Baptiste. Uh, interesting topic. Loving it. Cool. Athena, last words. The last words to you guys. Um, no, I just I'm in awe of all the positivity, all the amazing togetherness that I've been seeing amongst our, you know, entire community because um, it's just beautiful to see. And I think that finding your people and finding people that are positive, that have the right mindset is so much because you can have lots of great data, but if you are not going to use that data and not push forward, then what's the point, right? So I think that what Dan was saying about dancing in the rain, I think we're gonna be doing a lot of dancing, all of us in this e-com community. And I just wanna thank you for having me jump on. It was a total surprise. <laughs> I was listening to it because it's like six in the morning for me. I was just listening to it. You know, you want to come on. I'm like, okay. So thank you for having me for this. But yeah, these guys are just absolutely brilliant. The the stuff they've been putting together. So thank you, Dan. Thank you, Latin, for all that you do. Megla, you're a goddess. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, thanks a lot to all of you. I mean, you're, you're really putting out a lot of positive energy. I see you in other webinars and, you know, on your Facebook posts and everywhere. Athena, of course, you're just full of energy. So, I mean, I think that's what our community needs at this time. I think there's a lot of uncertainty and people are not sure about what, what's coming, but we do need leaders and, you know, people kind of telling uh, all, all of the sellers in our community, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this, you know, just, just hang in there. So yeah, yeah thanks guys for that. More than okay. It's going to be fantastic. We just need to get exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We just need to, you know, get through this phase and then we're going to come out on the other side, stronger, better. And, um, yeah, super. Okay, so thank you very much, all of you, for, for your time. It was a great session, a lot of actionable advice. And, you know, I hope we can do more of these <laughs> in the future. Yeah. And, um, yeah, awesome. Happy birthday, Athena. Thank Happy you birthday. Enjoy your Happy day. Birthday, Have a fantastic day. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Megla. Thank you. See you soon. Bye, Bye. guys.